0: Welcome to The deb. I'm your host, Carl Thomas, and I am wishing you a happy new year. So um, this is weird because we're back into COVID lockdown. We're back with a curfew. Um, it's like we're back to point zero, but it's not. I won't go into the politics of it. Stay safe out there and let's keep it short and sweet. I give you Lynn facilitation part two. Um it's a pretty short episode, so enjoy the more that we get of Lynn, the better it is for us and for the listeners because she is beloved. Thank you also for all the people that do tune in to the De podcast. I know we've been a roller coaster ride, you know with with our release of episodes, but we'll we'll do our best to keep releasing at least two episodes per month. um and enjoy and enjoy this one. and the next one that we have after. Um, you guys will be very happy. It's Brandon um, Jarvis. He was one of our highly, highly popular episode. So you guys will enjoy that. And it will be coming soon after. It won't be a, a month wait. It will be literally next week. You'll get Brandon. But for now, please enjoy this part two facilitation with yours truly, Lynn. Start the pod.
1: Hi, my name is Lynn Worrell. I'm the founder of a community organization called Word, writing our rhymes down, and I am a youth worker at the Calful Jeunesse Emploi of NDG.
0: Hi, my name is Carl Thomas. I'm a community worker for Prevention Codinej NDG, and welcome to The Depth.
1: The Depth, a podcast about community service work in your neighborhood. Is we Are they all good? Okay. Um, it also, how you present yourself, like, when i I, first of all i don't teach dance classes when i say a hip-hop literacy program just to be very clear i'm like trying to help people write rhymes and use like education just it's not a ymca dance workshop so it's just um so like for instance in hip-hop fashion is really important so like i know that a key to be engaging with people is like i have to dress properly like i have to have like like Fashionable pieces, like I have to get have really nice kicks, and I have like I have to like it has to come together. So like like how like but that's that's important for that kind of demographic, you know. Like if I'm like working with like kids, it's like they don't care how you dress necessarily, you know. But like but so you have to kind of also I think that's also like how you present yourself and 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 like that's going because that's the first thing that people are going to see. It's like how you hold yourself together um yeah and and i think how you like speak and how you might stand um like are you gonna like your body language is you you should also really pay attention to as well like and and your first impression is is like you know especially young people they read you they smell you they just they're sizing you up constantly so and you have to be consistent you have to like reassure them that no this is who i am like um i'm not like this is not like they they can really tell if you're um, posing stuff, fake <laughs> or something. Thank you for sharing, Leigh. Um, for my question, I know you you touched about it a little bit during the Anthony's question, but I was wondering, what are your views on uh, co-facetation and what key techniques do you think we need to have to have an effective co-facetation? Hmm. Yeah, again, like, sometimes budgets don't permit you to have co-facilitation but I do think that it's a really important way to give workshops you need to definitely be um you have to plan with your co-facilitator I think because you want to be you don't you want to enter as a unit you know and and you want to give your audience like facilitating is like a performance so you want to give them the impression that you're on the same page and you're on the so um like you have to definitely plan your workshop together with your co-facilitator and you might and it depends on how well you know them if you know them very well then you might already have things and like say you don't know them that well um maybe you want to explicitly talk about like hey when i when i go like this or like you might want to make codes like when i go like this i need you to jump in or when i when you start hearing me stutter like uh uh like That's probably because I'm searching my words and I don't mind if you jump in or this part of the facilitation is really important for me to take care of. And I actually really don't want, I just want to do this piece on my own, but like you have to figure out how you're going to, um, explicitly like bounce back. And then maybe you could even talk about the social cues that you want to pay attention to your participants. So if you know what, maybe we'll only give this one more minute when they start getting restless. Or like, And you have to also be, and, and it's normal to check in with your co-facilitator while you're facilitating. And I think moments when they do break out into groups, that's a moment where you can, like, go around and you say, hey, um, like, uh, can we do this? But what you want to avoid when co- co-facilitating, and this is why it's important to be planning, is, like, literally having, like, uh, big conversations about what to do next during the co- during the workshop because you always have an audience so it's fine for you to like check in with your co-facilitator for like a few minutes like okay we're gonna do that all right but like again the the urgent responsibilities that you're re- responding to your audience if like if your workshop is going like completely off track and then you're like um okay hold on and then you design a whole workshop while they're watching you do that like that's what you don't want to have a big strategic plan that's why it's important to but um, I think that I, I like my 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 co-facilitator in Camp Weardale it was like um, such beautiful like energy it was, like like she kind of picked up when I w- might be repeating myself or um, kind of trying to find my words and I was when she would speak I would try to think about like what points do I think are really important to hit home or how would I word that so I would just take note of that while I'm hearing her talk and then jump in when she was finished. So I think that, um, you, there's a trust that you have to develop, like, you know, in it, like, and I think that could just be established in a professional way. Like our goals are this, we want to do that. But, uh, and I think playfulness is also important to bring. Like, um, I, I you can, I think people, when there's like a uh, play, they're a little more relaxed not like such a rigid way of experiencing a workshop so you can crack jokes maybe you can be like you can even like humble yourself you're like you know I'm just you know I, I forgot my pen or I don't know like just like kind of show that you might be a human being or something like that. so yeah and I and, and actually you know it's also kind of cool facilitation showing your positive relationship with your cookie Modeling your positive re- relationship with your co-facilitator to other people, because I think you also have to assume responsibility of role modeling to people. I do a podcast with Carl, and what we try to to show also in our podcast is is that we have a a, a great working relationship, and like like he he asks me questions, he validates my opinions. I ask him questions, I validate his opinions, and this is what it means. To get along with people, like you know, that's what—that's the opportunity that you could also informally present when you're co-facilitating. We get along; we can all get along. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, it's a moment to actually model that in—in in a workshop. Like, what does it mean to be respectful in a conversation? How do we work together? Because a lot of people, I think, with all this social isolation, we're kind of losing our people skills a bit, you know. And I think uh, um, that—that's a really great opportunity. And like, even if there's a mistake or like, Oh, technical difficulties, Well, those are my favorite. Those are my favorite workshops, technical difficulties. Cause it's so you're like, Oh, technical difficulties. Then you might break out in conference. Oh, how was your evening? What did you have for breakfast? Da, 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 da. And then the other person can be like dealing with it. So it's just, um, I, I really enjoy co-facilitating. And I think, uh, working in groups is, is how we work in society. So, like, we don't really work as individuals We're on an island. So, it's an important skill to in life. I feel like I'm answering these and then I go into my tangents. And I'm like, did I did I oh, complete? The side? It,
0: <laughs> it gives us content for the writing. After, I think that's it. I, like, I, I know it ends like. Uh, like right away, but uh, yeah, we, we don't have any more questions. So, is there any last statement or anybody that wants to share anything? We do have more
2: questions. Man. In any case, yeah, I, was, I just realized I was muted when I tried to get your attention.
1: <laughs> um, in any
2: case, I think it's conducive to what we're just our general like understanding, and as far as our assignments uh, concerned. So uh, yeah, this was kind of attached to my previous question, but. Let's say you're 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 you have a workshop you're going to facilitate with x age group x uh type of people how do you how do you come up with an activity that you think is going to be like most i guess palatable to them so again i'm going to preface this with an experience i've had in class okay. i hate drawing i don't know why it's in every workshop we've had i think people take this imaginal uh, because we have to follow this template everyone basically does like some cookie cutter anyways i won't get too deep into a tangent but there's drawing in every single activity and it drives me nuts because i hate drawing i can't express myself drawing i'm not a good artist and i am not interested to show it to other people if you want to know what's on my mind just ask me if you do have someone like me like you know sometimes you plan a workshop and You know, you had this activity in mind, but, you know, maybe you'll have someone like me where it's like, oh, it's just, I'm not going to move because, like, I hate drawing. How do you, do you kind of just like, do you acknowledge it and just kind of move on? I know, like, I'm probably a minority in that sense, but, like, yeah, like, how do you come up with your activities to, is there like certain kinds that work better than others more often than not?
1: um so I thanks for the question I think that um you could always give people an option you you can draw it or write it you know because like you know there's only so much push you can do but um as like okay I'm I, I did my undergrad in art and then like I'm not really a practicing artist and there's a lot of shame and guilt and like there's something so vulnerable about like showing your drawing and I think drawing can also be an opportunity like because we have this idea of like creating an image has to be exactly like a photo and then but that's superhuman and then the opportunity that is great moment in workshop is to remind yourself that we're human and then like I think if you share a bad drawing and then other people have bad drawings it's more impressive that you shared your your drawing that you know is like not good and all this stuff and you're modeling it to people that you are imperfect, that you're human, that this is actually how I draw. This is not Photoshop. And there's a lot more people who are like that too. And then that could be an opportunity to kind of connect on in a vulnerable way, which is very like, c- can be very powerful. But also if you don't want to push that in an envelope, I would also try to maybe give people an option to write what they want to say, you know? Or maybe you can make like, I, maybe what you want to write is like, I hate drawing. And then you can like doodle off the lines or something. You know what I mean? Like you make, you could make a like bubble letters of it, you know what I mean? So it's like a little more like creative, you know? Um, or you can like place words in a certain way. So it kind of like, I don't know, falls off the paper or something like something that is just like, maybe I, the the objective of these things are to like, just get, into the creative mode and out of a box. Like if the box is, I communicate with my words, I communicate writing them, I communicate with d- answering questions. Let's kind of like get out of that box. Maybe I'm going to communicate with this and telling you what I was thinking or not. But yeah, drawing, there was an interesting, there was a really cool workshop. This was, it was so simple. It's like um, you go to a person face to face, you pair up and then without looking at your paper you draw them and like of course it's gonna be so it's a guaranteed bad drawing so that's another thing i like is that you set up a scenario where there's a guaranteed bad drawing and then everyone has to all share their guaranteed bad drawing and then and then what's kind of you because what everyone wants is to be seen and heard period in life and love you know what right that's that's this is like the, the purpose of life and so when when you share your like guaranteed bad drawing without even looking at. So there's a reason why the drawing is bad. We didn't look at the paper. So that's cool. So that expectation is gone. And then you kind of with the drawing, you kind of notice what they picked up on what they were trying to capture when they were looking at you, you know, and I thought that was a really cool exercise, because it really normalized like just making it a guaranteed bad drawing so then the stigma and the anxiety around the performance part of drawing and execution of the drawing is gone out the window but then you can still kind of express what you see in another person by the features that you tried to capture in a minute too you know and then do like oh right and then that that piece was like Then you write something, what you know about that person or what you appreciate about that person. And then, so that was like, so cool. I actually have those drawings still, like someone drew the, because like, I was like, wow, that's what they saw when they were just looking at me. You have to make eye contact with the person. It's not like I'm looking at you and I'm, you have to make eye contact and draw and like, and move your pen. You know what I mean? So like, I thought that was a really kind of,
0: I'm stealing your facilitation activity. Yeah,
1: that I, I, I like, that's in the pocket for me too. I was like, and it was such a simple activity. I was like, okay, it's too simple. Like uh, they, they kind of whipped that active. They were kind of put on the spot to give a workshop. And so they just did that. I was like, oh yeah. But like, it, it it's actually pretty cool. So that's a way to work with drawing too. Uh Yeah. Like just, I I really like that part. Eliminate the expectation that this is going to be a good drawing. Well, but but you that was the example. But you were talking
2: about oh um, I guess yeah. My overall question was like how 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 do you come up with activities? I guess you kind of answered it too. But like, are there general activities that do you design activities based on like what the topic is, or do you kind of like create activities that you know that most people will be able to? That will accommodate most people. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, like I think icebreakers don't necessarily have to be related to the topic necessarily. They could just be like just a way to share um, and kind of like, you know, I like saying also um, we're going to do a go around, say your name and the last song you listen to. You know what I mean? And then it's like, it kind of tells you like what they were doing on before they came here um you know what kind of energy they might have like been open to and stuff um ice breakers they they're to to break the ice but activities yeah i think you have to really it uh, it really all depends on like the age group that you're working with the p- topic and the environment and and how much time you have the attention spans um like uh You know uh, is this a group of people with special needs is this like uh people who can like sit through a whole lecture you know there's like a whole there's a lot of different factors of what you're gonna think about when you're designing a workshop feeling stuck about your professional life, not sure if this is the right job for you, looking for a job. Why don't you come by the CalFour Jeunesse Emploi of Notre Dame de Grasse? We're part of a larger network for people between the ages of 15 and 35. However, the CalFour in NDG is the only one on the island of Montreal that offers services for 35 and older. Or check us out, At cje-ndg.com. That's cje-ndg.com. Call us at 514-482-6665. If you press zero, you'll get our front desk. And our address is 6370 Sherbrooke West, right near Benny and Sherbrooke. Hope you are well. Hope we can offer you some ideas on how to get unstuck. Take care.
2: I might have just one more. I promise (laughs)
1: This, I know Anthony I'm loving this
2: but <laughs> like me I was like <laughs> yeah I'll try to be very concise but to be frank uh, in another class I had which there some of them are familiar with hSC three thirty leadership and facilitation my teacher introduced the facilitation to us as um mind you this was during like when everything was online but leadership uh, no facilitation to her was like you don't get involved. You you try to stay on the sidelines as much, kind of like you don't intervene at all. As much as like, I guess that makes sense. But it just seemed like. And whenever we'd practice, um, I guess in our group, she'd be like, "Oh no, well, you you got involved too much. You intervened too much." But like when I'm like this semester, when I was when we were facilitating workshops, it didn't seem like the way she presented it, the idea of facilitation to me was just very uptight, very like, well, okay, well, you, you let them, so like, I guess we would facilitate our groups, um, having a discussion, and the idea was like, you don't get involved as much as possible, uh, only when you need to, which I guess makes sense, but the a complete idea of facilitation was you don't get involved, You let's say not really laissez-faire but you only bring people back when they're off topic but facilitation this year for for me was like didn't feel like that at all so is there like a context of facilitation was she describing it incorrectly like like i'm not really
1: well yeah i think there's a context like if you're going, if you're invited to an organization and you're giving a one hour, two hour workshop, and then you're out, you have to understand what your connection is. It's like uh, like when I was at Camp Weardale, for instance, I was trying to also engage them to my services after. So I was comfortable with showing that I'm not going in, not in the workshop, but in the workshop, I'm trying to prove that, okay, so you don't get involved. When I say you have to t- take care that's what you have to assume as your responsibility like you are in charge of the well-being of the environment the well-being of the participants of the of the group and that the participants uh respect themselves right but like and and you don't want to be like giving people answers i'm like this is the right answers you want information to evolve from the workshop so that's another maybe reason why your professor was like, you don't intervene. Like you don't like, you don't want to give your perspective. It's not about you. It's not centered around you. You are kind of in, you are responsible for like, again, the environment and and how people um, create information together, you know, um, but it's not, I'm not in a workshop saying, this is my point of view. I live through this and I think it's important for you to learn that. So like, I, like, and it's not centered. It's like therapy. Like ther- the therapist shouldn't be like talking to you about their day. Like that's not about centered on you. So you have to kind of like not center it around you, but people need to also know that they can trust that there's some kind of like, um, uh, Uh, structure that's happening in this time period that's the difference between moving in life and moving in a workshop is that okay so we know who the point two person is for like what's next you know um so don't intervene like again i give i've given workshops where they're also attached to services and they're long term so like that's like um I, I will I will put on a, a workshop. Another thing is is that um when there's a when you're giving a workshop, the well-being of the group is more important than the well-being of individuals. The group is more important than the individuals. So like if there's one person freaking out and da-da-da-da. The well-being of the group is more important so then that's when you say okay i don't know if you need a little bit of time but you can like move them for the group or like do you want to go talk to my co-facilitator over there because there's more people's best interest in uh in the group so um i think that's a and, and you also can't show favorite either in the workshop too so um I don't think she was, like, intervene, can, like, I'm just saying about the individual and group because I think that when you think of intervening, it might be on an individual response, but this is more of a group. um a facilitation. Like, I think if people want to be receptive to you, it's fine to show that you are human, but not to center the workshop about you and who you are my name is glenn like of course say my name is glenn but you don't like make it about you i'm trying to like i don't think that your teacher was wrong i just think that there's more nuances to it like if if you're giving a workshop where there's no relationship established with people participating in it and ahead of time then it's really about the information and what you're trying to build in that workshop but if your workshop is connected to um Um, a longer term service that you are going to you're going to be available that's in your capacity then you can do things like I know we can talk about this later or can we get back to that you know so I think it's just a little more contextualized but that sounds to me that she's talking about like a one-off workshop where you might not even see the people again anyone else before we close it up Lynn You've been awesome. Thank you for your your time. Um, Thank you so much, Lynn. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you.
0: All right, so I'm gonna end this. Any last words from you, Lynn?
1: Uh, No, I just think that this is great. I, it's in community work, we're kind of doing a lot off the seat of our pants. So I appreciate having a chance to talk about it. It gives me a chance to reflect on my work. Like that's like a little pocket of time, a little hour of my life where I had a chance to actually. I don't talk about this, Anthony. I don't talk about like like all these different things. And so it's like great to like talk about that and reflect on your work and try to find those moments of time and the work that you want to pursue in the future. So yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Bye, everyone. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye
2: guys.
1: Thank Bye. you. Bye. Okay,